0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. It's 2021 mid-season review time. I had my eyes closed because I was so passionate about that intro, Tommy and Katie. I didn't see if you even waved. I'm assuming you did. Perfectly because, in sync. Oh, yeah, amazing. Always. Amazing. So we're going to go through favorite moments. Of course, Tom Bellingham, the WTF1 founder, and Katie Fairman, the WTF1 editor. Oh, a little, little rainbow wave there as well for audio <laughs> listeners that didn't see that. Um yeah, we thought we'd just catch up, didn't we? Just have a little uh, chin wag about the season so far, which, uh, well, pretty much the only news really is just recapping what we've seen. There hasn't really been anything else of of interest coming out in the, the last few weeks, although MotoGP appears to be popping off in terms of the drama uh, Netflix strive to survive sort of uh, realms of amazing news. Well, I say amazing, not amazing at all, but... Um, yeah, yeah spicy, that but that
1: not... So, yeah. Yeah. But don't
0: worry, we're not going to be talking about MotoGP for all you guys that are like four wheels and four wheels only. We're going to be talking about mid-season review. Katie, hiya. How are you? Yeah, I, I, I'm good. I, you <laughs> look very shocked that I... I, I wasn't you know, that. I kind of introduced it, introduced it, introduced Tommy. I thought, you know, I'll throw something to you, Katie. How, how are you doing?
2: I'm good. I'm enjoying the summer break, except... I can't believe it's only going to be like a few weeks until we're back racing again. But I am also keen to get back racing because the season has been so good that this feels like the longest summer break ever. But it's not.
0: It's not. No, it's going to be the shortest ever. Uh, okay right so let's uh, dive straight into this then shall we the uh, mid-season review we've got space we've got some uh, we asked for your favorite moments on social media uh, and lots of people just kind of picked their own favorite moment it's been a great season so we have got quite a few moments to go That's through we'll discuss lot. it we'll kind of we'll maybe rate it should we rate it out of 10 just as a kind of a how good of a moment it is just to kind of it, could it, do an
1: abcdf one of the moments <laughs> yeah but then not let's not
0: do letters because we know how much people, tr- uh, how many people are triggered from ABCDF one. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's start with the first first moment from Team WTF one Discord. Olivia says, "My favourite moment is probably the race in Bahrain. It's not the best moment of the season by a long shot, but knowing that we were in, we were getting a proper battle between the two best drivers got me more excited for this season than usual." Interesting that we said favourite moments, and then she said it's not the best moment of the season. So I'm not, not sure best, how. Not best, but favourite. I think best and favourite are different. Okay. I- well, it depends how you measure it, isn't it really? But we <laughs> won't get into that, that'll be a podcast in itself. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so of course, Bahrain, opening race of the season. We don't really know what to expect. And then we have Hamilton and Verstappen going absolutely hammer and tongs, didn't we? We, of course, had that that big moment where we you know, a lot of... That's where Twitter just started to really rev up, didn't it? You know, that's where all the arguments just started to kind of really turn in motion was, of course, when Verstappen went round the outside of Hamilton at turn number, is it three? One, two, is it four? Technically four, maybe. Uh, either or, the, the right-hander, the, the heartbreaking right-hander. He, went, he extended, of course, and, and uh, then was told to give the position back. And Hamilton ended up winning on older tyres. And it was a great start to the season, wasn't it? I, I enjoyed it. Definitely wasn't the best moment, in my opinion, as well. But it, it set us up nicely.
2: It did. It was a very exciting first race because normally for the first race of the season, you know, we race in Melbourne and I do like the Melbourne track. I know it's not everybody's favourite, but, um, you know, there's lots of hype, lots of anticipation. But the actual racing itself is never normally, you know, it's never normally the best race of the season. Um, But we came into the first race. we had done pre-season at the same track. So lots of people were thinking, oh, God, you know, teams have got all this data. It's going to be a snooze fest, all this kind of thing um but mercedes had appeared to struggle in pre-season testing and i mean we talked about it a ton on the podcast about you know is this going to be the year that mercedes struggle um and then max verstappen went and put his car on pole for the race and you know we were all very excited especially tommy <laughs> and uh yeah then the race itself was brilliant like it is not necessarily the race of the season but in terms of the the content that it had it was surprising because we look like guys we've actually got a battle on our hands and that's not something we've seen in F1 for quite a long time.
1: (laughs) Yeah exactly I can't believe that obviously I've been watching F1 for many 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 years but there's going to be so many people that are watching Formula One now that maybe have just been watching in the last few seasons and they don't know what a title fight is or how it's been. Uh, I will just say that i've got a sore throat i was gonna say noticed. You were, you i was thinking i was like a... i'm not gonna mention this and then i was like no i definitely need to mention this because people would be like what is up with your voice Don't worry, the i was even lower you than were, you were headlining a rock concert yesterday so yeah you were, you were exactly the main vocalist yeah screaming my screamo band do you want to explain um, the actual
0: reason for your sore throat It's it?
1: not actually that i genuinely don't think it is that okay but well we were, I think we were shouting on the team wtf1 chat and i did like a inward singing kind of inward voice and uh, it really hurt my throat we well, essentially I
0: did a team wtf1 quiz didn't we and we yeah. were trying to mix it up because we were all asking a question each for the people that were watching and for some reason you decided to <laughs> inhale and talk at the same time which was i mean it was hilarious i regret it no. um but then after that you you i think you've almost swallowed your adam's apple or something i'm not sure <laughs> but either or you're, uh, you're talking but just in a sort of two or three notes lower anyway so yes. no, just
1: on. just to cover that off um Yeah, a lot of people have joined and they've never seen a title fight or battle because it's just been, you get to the season, Lewis Hamilton wins the championship, Mercedes win the constructors, and you just kind of pick and choose some other battles to enjoy. This was the season where we thought it might actually get one. And then for the first race to be as good of a battle as it was, you know, arguably one of the best season openers ever that I've certainly ever watched. and getting a title like a yeah like the two title challengers which was clear from the start that this was going to be those two going for the title and it went down to the wire it's pretty rare that you see Formula One races go down to the very kind of final few laps where you still don't know who's going to win yet apparently not in 2021 because it's been absolutely amazing we've had about six of them
0: We've been spoilt rotten, haven't <laughs> yes. we? Yes. Uh, and unfortunately now our expectations are going through the roof <laughs> and F1 cannot continue this uh, as, as, as much. I as think it says a lot
1: actually about the race in Bahrain. As going, oh, it probably wasn't the best race of the year. And I think any other season it probably would be. Yeah, definitely be like a top
0: three. 100%. Yeah. Um, so uh for fear of actually just debating our scores, maybe we don't do we do we do we rate it do we rate i can't i can't okay. think how i okay, grade enough. It yeah, because yeah, it would I mean, change all the time. <laughs> you, you'll take ages. Yeah. you'll take ages um okay so that was bahrain great season opener set us up beautifully uh next one comes in from at mirror axon one I have to say that while I haven't seen anyone mention it, Imola has easily been my favourite race of the year. Maybe I'm biased because I'm a Lando fan. I mean, that's quite clear, isn't it? But it was just pure excitement and pure racing all around. Of course, Imola was a wet race, wasn't it? And uh, we had uh, quite a few big Netflix-worthy moments. Of course, Bottas and Russell crashing, which uh, had an amazing bit of aftermath there with uh, how they were reacting. Of course, they were both fine after the accident but because uh, it was a big one um mm. but uh, yeah we had the whole drama around that of course we had hamilton and verstappen probably coming together for the first time where hamilton bounced over the, the 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 I guess sausage curbs at the first chicane on lap 1 and had that damage as well but yeah imola was a very good race i'm i'm still very much set that imola isn't a good track for modern f1 cars it's a very much a, a monaco cuz how narrow it is um but yeah uh, throw rain into any track and it's usually a banger. We we've maybe had one or two because it doesn't always guarantee a great race, wet weather because sometimes they just,
2: just stretch it's just out. it's wet you can't and, do anything. Yeah, <laughs>
0: and they have no DRS either. So it's it almost makes overtaking harder in some in some places, but most of the time uh, wet weather does throw in a bit of chaos and and Imola was was certainly one of those, wasn't it? And of, of course we even forgot that Verstappen was about probably half a degree half a degree more in his mistake at the end of the safety car and he's round and not leading at the end of uh, that safety car period, which uh, I think we all kind of forgot a little And Hamilton went off and probably
1: extremely lucky that the red flag came out because that would have been 18 points that he lost, but then he managed to restart the whole drama about him getting the, the lap back, which any um, rule right or wrong that goes in Hamilton's favor, everyone doesn't like it um, and needs changing and all that. Um, But yeah, he managed to come back through the field and still somehow finish second. But I I think those tracks like Imola, yeah, they're they're so not suited for modern Formula 1 cars. I mean, there's not many. They they seem to be getting less and less. The quicker these cars get, thankfully, next year, they're changing and getting a bit smaller and hopefully be able to overtake more um but because it was a difficult track I think that made the chaos more I mean how many times do you see Lewis Hamilton make mistakes um in the last few years before that incident not too many um for him to go off in the wet as well uh yeah I mean the <laughs> the the Bottas Russell crash again like you mentioned Netflix it if you had to pick two drivers, other than I guess Verstappen and Hamilton, because it's the you know it's the the guy wanting the seat and Bottas shouldn't have been that far low down and Russell shouldn't really have been that high up because he's in a Williams and how are they even battling on track and then they've crashed and Russell's not dealt with it very well and yeah the drama of I mean this is just two races already into the season <laughs> it's just been. Enough for a whole Netflix Drive to Survive season. It was so good.
2: <laughs> I really am not jealous of the Netflix team of having to condense this season into eight episodes. This podcast know, is maybe... not
0: sponsored by Netflix Drive to Survive. It's not. It's should not. Also mentioned. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but. I'm mega excited to see all the kind of spice that they've got from behind the scenes that maybe us fans haven't been able to see. But yeah, that was... Although I knowing, Netflix, at the time,
1: knowing Netflix, yeah, just, it would just be like a Joe <laughs> special uh, for <laughs> Bahrain and you don't see any of the action. You know, It'll
2: just be the Alonso spinning with like the guys in the background that like oh, office the worthy The best clip. bit
1: of camera work <laughs> I've ever seen in Formula <laughs> One. Oh, that, that really tickles me.
2: That was amazing. But yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I remember when we did the podcast and that podcast seemed to go on for absolutely ages because there were so many talking points from Imola. I agree in the sense that modern F1 cars aren't particularly suited to their, I mean, we had the race there in 2020 and it wasn't anything special. It was more the fact that we were racing back at Imola that was sort of the main um, appealing factor of that. But this year I found that I really liked it because it, punished mistakes and there were a lot of them you know whether that's checo and his um really bizarre idea to like overtake cars that he'd like he'd gone off wide hadn't he and then tried to make up the positions or something and um we saw the early lap um collision with latifi and mazepin i think it was and yeah there were just so many elements to that race that um i really enjoyed and i thought it made for a brilliant brilliant Grand Prix, whether it would have been quite as chaotic had it not rained, once again that's one of those things that I can guarantee,
0: we can (laughs) guarantee it was chaotic with uh, with dry uh, dry conditions but
2: Um, it was still, yeah, a great, great race and like you say, having Hamilton make such a rare mistake and um, yes he was lucky um, and you know, it's like Tommy said people often use the phrase lucky when Hamilton has an issue and he manages to fight his way back and in that case I would say that's a fair thing to say but there's plenty of times where Hamilton um has not been lucky and actually got to where he is through his pace and his skill and stuff like that but that was one occasion where um yeah his teammates misfortune in causing this red flag or helping cause the red flag not necessarily putting Bottas at blame um meant that he was still able to finish second, which <laughs> many conspiracy
1: theorists dream yeah. this year, hasn't it? For it has incidents been. that keep happening uh, between, yeah, mm. certain teams and drivers and stuff. Like if, yeah, if you were a conspiracy theorist, you'd, this would be the season to pick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> certainly. And I still think that it was Russell's fault entirely. That, uh, yeah. That crash. Yeah. Same. Um,
0: okay. Um, oh, it, oh it that's, an, that's a, a little bit. That's a- yeah. Don't drive on the grass, George. Um, right. So anyway, uh, that's pretty much Imola uh, spoken about. Yeah. I, I I still think if we get a dry race, maybe in the future, it'll still, well, but then who knows? Cause Imola might, if it comes I back never again, have it. Yeah. If, if it mm-hmm. might, if it comes back again, might be good for 2022 cars. Who knows? Because I'll be able to follow closer. It's all subjective. Right. Next up. Let's talk about at Nina underscore KTG ends. Uh, submission which is Carlando Podium, which is talking about Monaco. So we can move on swiftly from that. Uh Tommy, you want to say anything about Monaco or...
1: No, I hate Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> sure. This of was a very popular was, uh... one. Um I mean it's not for the it's not for the racing action is it? It's the, the result. It was the first kind of wholesome podium of the year because I think we'd had a lot of hand there's until then. We had and then Bottas of course
0: got stuck in the pits Uh, And had the longest pit stop ever uh, because the wheel literally couldn't come off the car because they um, they basically just shaved off the actual like bolts, I guess, didn't they? So they couldn't actually get the tyre off, which is. uh... And the funny thing was, they actually blamed Bottas slightly for it as well, didn't they? They said the Bottas didn't stop in his box enough or
2: something. There is no chance
0: if Hamilton does that that they're blaming Hamilton. So uh, maybe there was a few tensions in the team already at Monaco. Uh, but yeah, of course, that, that issue meant that it was a, a Carlos-Lando podium. Um, but certainly not my favourite moment of the season or best race of the season because it's Monaco. Uh, but, you know, it was quite quite wholesome to see Carlos-Lando. and Lando And, you know, it's quite interesting how some people choose a favourite moment because of just literally that, uh, you know, a result. And some people are choosing it over the racing and the 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 action we see on track so we'll see a variety of that as we go through the rest of the list anything to add on monaco
2: i really loved serena williams post-race interview i thought that was the best thing of the season so far
0: I hope Which you're being, is... you being sarcastic. Yeah,
2: oh, God, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> the thing is... Oh, Sorry, I, I forget that the sarcasm
2: thing no, doesn't I did... translate well.
0: <laughs> yeah, Even and I'm one of the most sarcastic people going, and I was like, are you
2: being serious, Katie?
0: Or... Uh, I, I remember actually insulting the entirety of tennis Twitter uh, oh, when God. I said that uh, I'm really glad that Serena Williams is being interviewed. Why is she being interviewed? You know, no, I said, I'm really glad Serena finished P1 today. Why is she being interviewed, please? Because it was a very odd time to it be was... interviewed. I don't mind weird. her being interviewed, but, oh, she's an amazing
2: woman amazing sports just person but I don't yeah to, it was I don't, weird
0: and Serena's like sorry who are you oh you're yeah, Max, Max what's that's great you know it was it was a very strange um, strange little time to, to be interviewed but uh, nonetheless uh, Serena is the goat of women's tennis yes mm. I know that I'm aware thank you every, every tennis twitter please leave me alone uh, We you about you to say something
2: I was going to say Mercedes as well quickly in general had an absolute stinker that weekend, obviously with Bottas and his dodgy pit stop, which I think ended up being like 43 hours long until they actually managed to remove the wheel, which is probably a record somewhere. <laughs> um, but also Hamilton really struggled with pace all that weekend. Um, the strategy and, as well was
1: poor. Yeah. it the Mercedes. Just, yeah. But he had no pace either. That. I think that's, you know, he said, and it shows how competitive it is between Max and, uh, Lewis this season that just minutes earlier were like, oh, it's very rare that Hamilton makes a mistake. And this is another example where can't think of many races again in the last five years where Hamilton has just been pretty dreadful on pace and just absolutely nowhere near Bottas. Such a weird race to see Hamilton just finishing seventh and it not be a technical problem yeah he had a strategy and he dropped down a couple of places I think but he just wasn't anywhere near Bottas that whole weekend so that was the first race where you were kind of like all right this is this is uh you know because Hamilton had just come off the back of Portimao and Spain won, won them both and you think oh this this Struggling Mercedes has won three of the first four races. And then Hamilton finishes seventh, and you're like, okay, this this mm. actually we <laughs> could actually have a title
0: fight now. Let's also also not forget Charlotte literally getting pole position and then binning it and not being able to start the yeah. race, but I don't want to reflect on that at all. Uh, and the t- and the TV director missing the only bit of
1: action throughout yeah, oh, yeah. replay. <laughs> the stroll replay, which is now haunting iconic. for everybody. <laughs> that is uh, probably the most iconic moment of the year, I think.
0: <laughs> not the favorite but definitely iconic yeah um, so yeah so of course yeah Charles claire getting um or crashing which then stopped carlos from getting higher up the field and potentially could have won the race had he uh, been where charles managed maybe it was a ferrari lockout who knows but yeah, uh, yeah it was a costly mistake for for charles who, who couldn't start the race we interrupt this wtf1 podcast for a very quick chat about our sponsor for this episode beer 52 As a listener of the WTF1 podcast, you can get a case of craft beer from the USA on us. Sounds good, right? All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 and cover the £5.95 postage and they'll deliver eight delicious craft beers to your door. Simple, but you have to be over 18, remember? Beer 52's experts are on a mission to find the very best beer anywhere on the planet. Each month, they visit a different place and carefully curate a case to be sent to their lucky members. Expect top US pale ales, hoppy IPAs and a cast of superb lagers, stouts and more. But don't worry, if you don't like dark beer, you can simply choose the light option. Your case will also include the award-winning beer magazine, Ferment, as well as two tasty snacks to wash down with the beer. There's no minimum commitment. If it's not for you, you can pause or cancel at any time. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 to claim your free case now. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1. But remember, you have to be over 18. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Team WTF1 Discord from Zait. Vettel being happy again, doing things he loves outside of racing and performing well in the car. Why are you laughing?
2: It's just just awesome, like just Vettel being happy again. I just thought yeah. it was quite a nice way of wording it. Yeah. Just that he's apparently been miserable for like the last few years and now he's finally found happiness again. It's very sweet. <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's not forget that he did have a pretty shocking start to the season and everyone thought, oh, including myself, that uh, this would be a continuation uh, of Vettel's sort of slumping form. But uh, he certainly had some great races this season and shown that he's still got it and is able to, you know, extract the most out of the car. Not all, not all the time. Sometimes he is still very much, you know, mediocre in comparison to Stroll, but there have been moments of brilliance from Vettel. You can't deny that. You know, Baku, of course, hungry until he got disqualified, unfortunately, for the uh, lack of fuel sample that they weren't able to, to provide the FIA. But generally speaking, of course, Vettel with lots of wholesome moments this year, turning up to a proposal, picking up rubbish, which I guess is a bit weird that Sebastian Vettel was the one that had to go and pick up all of the british fans rubbish which was not great to see that people were just taking the mickey a little bit with that um but yeah just Vettel just getting involved you know he was what was he building a shelter as well um, B-museum. Yeah. B-museum. <laughs> B museum yeah
2: museum beef
1: hotel that was it <laughs> museum, a museum. For <laughs> um yeah that cuz cuz monaco was kind of the the turning point in Vettel's season because it did kind of feel I mean, after Bahrain, when he picked up all those penalty points and he had that terrible year, we were like, well, it's only been one race and desperately trying not to say, is this battle finished? Is is it really that bad? Is it just, this is never, we're never going to see the old battle again. And Monaco was brilliant. Azerbaijani was brilliant. And then Hungary as well drove a great race, but unfortunately disqualified, which is now actually stuck. I'm sure everyone's seen it by now, but they're not appealing that again so he's not getting that p2 back but it is crazy to think that fettel could have had two p2s um this season in that car which probably one of the biggest surprises is how bad aston martin have been when that racing point was so good
2: exactly yeah like in the first four races seb had two p15 results and then two p13 results before he then had his breakthrough race in Monaco um but like you say it's just been lovely to see Vettel doing Vettel things that we come to expect from him and has obviously disappeared a little bit um during his final few years at Ferrari um but yeah I think he needed that as as heartbreaking as it is probably for Vettel to have been so like publicly dropped by Ferrari and that can't have been uh, an easy pill to swallow. Um, Joining Aston Martin, I think, is probably going to be one of the best things he's done in his career, even if just for like a fresh start and that kind of thing. And like you say, we've had moments, like high moments and low moments for Aston Martin this year. Um, But hopefully with Vettel sort of leading the team, he's obviously massively experienced a four-time world champion um, they'll just continue to improve and improve and I'm hoping he'll get another podium result this year so we don't have to just reflect on the fact that he got disqualified and hungry because that is we have the pictures and we, we were able to see the podium but then of course to be disqualified after the race means that those valuable points and all that kind of stuff has been snatched away
0: I'm thinking, actually, now. Now, on reflection, of course, Tommy did predict that Vettel was going to win Hungary. So, is this the I think, ultimate yeah. jinx? Because you literally oh. disqualified. Him? Oh my no, god, Tommy! I think, no, <laughs> I think that is. I think
1: if he'd have won and he'd been disqualified, no, I, you that know, look, been.
0: it was a bit of a stretch. P1, but I still feel like you know you've you've done it again. Like you've you've genuinely <laughs> done it again. Uh, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. If I he had my... won and he'd been disqualified, that would be your career over. To be honest, mate. But, yeah. Uh, Definitely, I would have been hated forever, wouldn't I? Even more. <laughs> Even more Even than more? Uh, than I do now. Uh yes. So obviously let's hope that Vettel can continue his uh, run of form into or well, after the summer break. I'm pretty sure my uh next prediction for Spar is that he gets out qualified by Stroll. <laughs> Your favorite that's prediction. Just, that's no, just my go-to. Really? That's just my go-to thing I when I'm not think prediction. of anything else. So uh, so there you go. Uh right. Let's go to Mega VS. Versus Primus, sorry, Mega versus Primus. The last two laps of Baku, no one could have predicted that podium. Of course, we are now going to be speaking about battle again a little bit. But generally speaking, of course, we had that massive monster crash uh, of Max Verstappen with that blowout. Of course, Stroll as well earlier on in the race. Uh, but the Max 1 caused the red flag. And then it was just decided, you know what? Let's have a sprint race to the finish. Let's not end the race. Nothing like that. Michael Massey was like, "We're gonna have a an F one 2021 sprint lobby at the end of uh, of a of a long, potentially not that great Azerbaijan Grand Prix," and uh, of course, then a few of the drivers, Vettel included in that, uh, was able to whack on some fresh softs and try and. particularly were like, thinking, "Oh my god, is Vettel gonna win?" Like genuinely, there was a a good chance that that could have happened, um, but yeah, it was uh, again just another sort of chapter in this very wacky series of F1 2021, where, you know, oh, why not? Why not have a two lap sprint race at the end? Let's just stick that one in there as well. But the, it was uh, once we actually cleared up all the debris and there was a long old wait to mm-hmm. find out what was going to happen. When it did happen, it was uh, it was good fun, especially seeing Alonso as well, just sending it on those <laughs> soft tyres. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good moment.
2: I was one of those people that after the red flag came out and after Max's crash, I was like, Just end it here. Like, I don't want a sprint race. I just want this to be done and dusted. Um, And then when it was announced that we were doing the sprint race, I was thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be so gimmicky. Like, nothing's going to happen in these two laps. Um, And I wasn't for it. And then it happened, and I was oh, like, yeah. I oh forgot, my God, this was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Literally
0: forgot to mention that Hamilton and his breaks into turn one. Yeah. I, just, I forgot yeah. That even happened. I, I think... mean, that's
2: not the reason why I loved it, but it, <laughs> it helped because it's just added uh, to the uh, championship did. drama. I bet yeah. Tommy
0: was abs- I bet you gave it a proper fist pump when uh, when Lewis went wide
1: no come on I, I, I definitely jumped up off my sofa yeah <laughs> I mean to be fair because because people people like read a lot into it and I know I know like someone like uh, I think it was like Billy Munger was there was a clip wasn't there when that Mark Webber scream that everyone <laughs> thought was hilarious um, but Billy Munger like got up and cheered when Hamilton went off and it's like it's not because you don't support Hamilton it's mm-hmm. like you, we love Formula One and like it's the big drama film. and it's a massive moment and Hamilton going off um you know I think 95% of people that when they said they were going to do the restart they were like well Hamilton's going to get Perez and win the Mm -hmm. race now after all this and we thought that was going to happen because you know got this amazing start and then him just yeah sending it (laughs) but sending it into uh the turn one runoff because he'd pressed his magic button um (laughs) Yeah, what an unbelievable, unbelievable end to the race. And yeah, because it, was, it wasn't your, your normal crazy Baku. And then no one would have predicted with five laps to go if you'd have said when Verstappen was leading, Perez was second, and Hamilton third, pretty standard-looking podium. If you'd have said, oh, the result's going to be Perez, uh, Vettel, Gasly on the podium. I mean... Crazy. And that was the start of where we first saw, I guess, a proper crazy random podium because half the grid have got a podium this year already, which is crazy. That's crazy. That is we, crazy. we don't normally get that. Obviously, we had it last year where a lot of the, the grid did. Um, but for half the grid to have a podium finish already is
2: seeing as Hambot Ver as well, is like now the most common podium ever in Formula One. Yeah. It's been great.
1: Yeah. I think that's been been helped by Bottas and Perez having a few (laughs) shocking moments, I think, that's paved the way for... um, But that was when it was kind of like... I mean, you look at Perez's form around that race, like fourth in Monaco, drove a good race, like came back, Azerbaijan won, France was third, and you're like, right, this is completely justified Perez, you know, winning... He's won a race already. Yes, it was slightly fortunate that Max... Uh, retired but this is where he needs to be he was already holding off hamilton and then he's kind of slumped a little bit recently um but there's a a long way to go i can't believe it's not even half the season because someone someone mentioned that uh obviously this makes sense when you think of it logically that it's less than half the season but someone mentioned that technically Mark halfway through spa will be well, yeah, Mazepin can still win the title theoretically which is mind oh, God,
2: <laughs>
1: we are nowhere near like <laughs> this season there's so much left if you think that's dramatic I will combust
2: dramatic. if Mazepin wins the championship this year.
1: I don't I think, think you're going to combust. Yeah, I, don't, I think you're going to be okay Katie. <laughs> I
2: am um, hoping
0: so. <laughs> but you make a good point about the 10 podium sitters actually because you know usually we have Hambot Ver because Bottas is very much at least in the last few seasons been not that far off Hamilton but This season, he's had a shocker. I know that he's had some bad luck as well, but he's not been where we expect him to be. And, you know, there's been mistakes and there's been falling back down the field. And that has opened that P3 slot up because usually it'd be opening up of the P4 slot when you had Albin and Gasly driving that red ball because the, the top three were fine. But with Bottas also having a slump in form, it's allowed the podium to, you know, to open the doors to that, so... Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's good the for the podium sport, but... finishes
1: in eleven races is crazy.
0: Mm. That is mad, especially that is mad. when
1: F one isn't that competitive this season because there's quite big performance gaps between, like you say, the Red Bulls, mm. and the, the Mercedes. But <laughs>
0: there's been mistakes, and that's uh, what's been very interesting to watch. Uh, okay, next up, Team W T F one member Izzy. By the way, says most surprising might be that Paul Ricard was interesting. Now, I know the French fans weren't particularly happy with our comments about Paul Ricard being boring in general, but um, it's not exactly given us the greatest of races since coming on the Formula 1 calendar. Um, Whatever that reason is, maybe just because Formula 1's uncompetitive and Paul Ricard's not had a great showing, maybe it didn't have the same treatment as Azerbaijan, in a sense, because when you look back at that, the first race we had there was terrible, and we thought this is a rubbish track. And then they had a few crazy races, whether that's down to the layout or just purely because it was crazy races. um, Paul Ricard never hasn't really had that until this year. And now we're almost seeing it as a little bit of a different light. And maybe Paul Ricard's not that bad. So yeah, uh, I hope that that made sense, but um, maybe we just
1: need someone other than Mercedes to not win every race and be miles ahead of the whole field. You found the Um, solution. Maybe it was that all along, (laughs) who knows, but, I mean, Paul Ricard was an unbelievable race. Again, you maybe get one, two moments in a season where you get the, the title contenders actually going wheel to wheel on track and it being decided on the final few laps. And it's happened in Bahrain, Spain, France. Yeah, it's just amazing. Like Essentially, Bahrain... Spain and France were identical races. Um, Obviously the result, sometimes it was Lewis head, sometimes it was Max ahead, but it was always that late strategy and someone coming at the end, is it going to work? And that is just, this is just what we've been dreaming of for so long, actually a close title fight where someone can try something different and it's still really close and you're getting these battles to the line. Um, Please more of it. I'm not, is not enough for me.
2: No, Tommy's <laughs> getting greedy now. <laughs> We're
1: getting very greedy.
2: But no, France was definitely a race where strategy came into play big time. I mean, we've seen a couple of races recently where that's been the case, but it's not often, that yeah, like you say, strategy plus a drivers actually overtaking for the lead and stuff happens in one race as one package. Um, and it was also the first time that we kind of heard Valtteri have a little wobble On team radio where he was not happy that um they didn't do a two-stop I think it was um and it it was quite a sweary radio message and of course I understand that these drivers you know they're driving at extreme speeds and you're going to be angry if you don't make a podium and that kind of thing but it seemed to be that cracks are starting to show in his relationship with Mercedes um because ultimately Prez got past him and got that vital podium spot so it was interesting
0: very interesting indeed mm. um moving on twtf1 member infinite underscore fear 14 uh their favorite moment was the silverstone sprint race which i
1: wonder Sorry. if the 14 in their name is an alonso reference
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> make a very valid point because i think that was one of the only things that was uh very interesting was alonso just sending it And being so quick on, I think he started on soft tires, didn't he? And he just wanted to try and make up as many positions as he could. And that was great. I liked, I think the sprint race itself wasn't obviously that great, but I think generally the whole weekend and the way in which, you know, you had free choice of tires for the Sunday and things that were new elements uh, were were really good. I think the Silverstone sprint race was far from bad. I still enjoyed it. And maybe I enjoyed it a little bit more because I was there. And we were all there, weren't we? But yeah, I I don't know. It's difficult to say whether it was the sprint race, whether it was just the fact the whole format was different. Of course, Friday was qualifying. We had something to play for every single day of the weekend. I think that's what probably set me as a, ah, I'd like to see a few more of these rather than the sprint race alone.
2: Yeah. I mean, we've said countless times on this podcast that in the sprint race, the guys at the front aren't really going to be fighting for, you know, doing silly moves, as we saw um, with Verstappen and Hamilton on the sprint race, because there could have been a chance to overtake and they decided to leave it. And then they it saved it for the
1: main race. The
2: <laughs> following day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we shall not talk about it just yet. Um, but yeah, I I like the sprint in the fact that it shook things up. I'm somebody that really likes change just generally. So I was quite interested to see how things worked out with qualifying on a Friday and Um, how, you know, fans around the world were able to tune in and if, you know, people's watching habits, like if they enjoyed having it on on a Friday night or whatever. Um, But, yeah, in terms of the actual content of racing, apart from, like, Fernando Alonso and Kimi Raikkonen, the grid didn't really jumble up too much. Um, The one thing I did like about it is that the mistakes were costly, Um, and that seems to be a theme that I have going on through through this podcast, talking about Imla and now talking about this with Perez. You love
0: costly mistakes. I
2: do. I like it when they make a mistake and they pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But someone like Perez, he made a big... Mess during the race, um, and as a result, dropped right down the order, um, and that kind of just affected his whole weekend. So, I'm interested to see how it will be in Monza, and I don't think they've confirmed the third race, but I'm guessing it's probably going to be like a Cota, if unless we go to Brazil, which I don't think is going to happen this year. Not, not nothing official. Just a gut feeling that we won't be in Brazil. So, breaking oh, news:
0: Katie's gut says <laughs> not going to Brazil.
2: <laughs> there we go. Front page
1: but yeah <laughs> yeah I mean it, it was it was great to see Formula One actually try something new and it was super exciting but you're there on the Saturday a lot of people I know still don't like it and they've said it's boring but at the end of the day it's replacing a practice session and we were sat down there on on Saturday and you had that that excitement of a race start again and even if it's not the greatest thing just by the time that the drivers started to calm down and maybe um settle and it might the race might get a bit stagnant because there's no pit stops and stuff is when it finished so I thought it was a really good sort of length of the race so um I'm really looking forward to seeing it again um and I guess another thing that it did was like Katie sort of alluded to was it gave Hamilton a little chance to plan his move, which ultimately didn't work. Um, but yeah, planned his move for the, we for the next that, race. We? And mm. yes, we all, we all kind of knew it was coming at cops, but I don't think, I mean, the the shock of the fact that they, them two colliding in such a dramatic way. Uh, yeah. Just when the season couldn't get any more dramatic uh the two title rivals collided because it had been and and they are still they're quite civil um and a lot of people trying to make you know make it like they're you know they hate each other but actually even in hungary you know they're fist bumping after the race and showing each other respect and stuff um we don't want
0: respect
1: yeah but <laughs> but that that was i guess the race where it did get a little bit um Bitter between them, and I'm sure it's going to happen again at some point. But if it does, I really don't want it to happen at 190 miles an hour into a um, very fast corner. Because, despite obviously, like Max got pretty much straight out, but it could have been very nasty.
0: Indeed, I agree. Uh, we want to see controversial things to spice up the action, but uh, not if it puts either of them in danger. So, uh, okay. Let's go to Goda two six zero six M. Who says Ocon win and that Alonso and Ocon moment? I'm assuming you mean when he was like hugging him and stuff. Uh, we, we've mentioned this before about Fernando Alonso, and I do love the fact that he he almost made that Ocon win about him, <laughs> which is uh, I love just that. just yeah, it is you Fernando Alonso it. things. Um, completely agree with what you said, Tommy, when we did the Hungarian uh, podcast. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's almost as if Fernando won that race uh, in some ways. He um, did, of course. Me. It was.
2: He won the hearts
0: (laughs) He won the hearts of many (laughs) Uh, He won the heart of Ocon, that's for sure Um, But yeah, it was Again, another massively chaotic race We had Hamilton doing the restart On his own, which is still an image That is absolutely burned into my brain (laughs) I can't get rid of it It's just the weirdest thing I've ever seen I think, and then George Russell coming out in P2 Of course, that had to then be changed But the fact that he came out in P2 We were like, what is going on? Yeah. Um, of course, Bottas bowling, which we haven't even mentioned that was because of the red flag and him just punting Lando into, well, I mean, managing to take out both the red Bulls was uh, really impressive from Valtteri. Uh, but yeah, that that whole race again, obviously it's more recent. So it's more recent in our minds. We don't have to recap it too much, but Probably one of my favorite races of the year, just purely because it was on a knife edge for the entirety of that race. You know, Tommy was saying in the group, chat, it's Hamilton's, it's done. And I'm going, no, Tommy, his tyres might go off. It depends how quickly he gets past. And yeah,
1: it depends if if Fernando Alonso becomes an absolute god. I believed, I believed, you you knew it was going to happen.
0: Uh, well, you know, I did tweet saying I wouldn't pick anyone else than uh, Fernando Alonso to defend from Lewis Hamilton, and That, uh, he I, to-
1: that I totally uh, agree with as well. Yeah, he
0: anyone else, Hamilton wins that race, million percent, uh, because he would have breezed past uh, Vettel, uh, and well, he did breeze past Signs, didn't he? So, yeah, yeah, that whole race was just really awesome. I think it's probably one of my favorite moments. We'll get to our
1: picking our favorite moment, but Hungary certainly is up very much up there. Yeah, just when you thought the season. I mean, we've had eleven races i i you mentioned about you know drive to survive again, like people making the highlights packages of the the year i mean so many moments like you say the Hamilton on the grid on his own is just that would be like one iconic moment from a season gone by, but actually there's so much this season that you know you could you could have an you know like hundreds of images from this season to remember it by um and yeah, Hungary is just crazy. You thought it was going to be your, your usual kind of maybe Hambotva to the to the finish, um, and just go to the summer break on a nice chill um, chill race. And Esteban Ocon ends up winning it in an Alpine. <laughs> what, like, what is this season? It's absolutely insane. <laughs>
2: If you had told me that Esteban Ocon would win a race before Lando Norris, especially seeing as how Esteban's like his season started off okay and then took a massive and how Lando's dip,
1: season's gone
2: exactly and how Lando's season's gone, I would have been like, nah, I think I don't think that's going to be quite right. But he did it. It happened. It still doesn't seem quite real that it happened. Um, but I will take a new winner any day. Became the hundred and eleventh. New winner in Formula One. Um, but yeah, just a crazy, crazy race. The aftermath of it was very wholesome in that, well, firstly, Esteban having never won a race before. He's had podium. He had a podium um, in Sakir last year, but was just so taken aback by everything that he forgot to come into the pits and park his car in park burbay in front of his board i thought so it was then,
0: qualifying i think didn't he where you stop on the yeah, on the grid maybe yeah.
2: he was just completely missed his turn even though he was and told
0: as well he was told wasn't he
2: he was just obviously just in his own little world thinking oh my god i just want to race um but yeah had to like park his car and then peg it back all down the pit lane everybody sort of came out of their garages to applaud him which is very sweet and then yeah like the embrace between Ocon and Fernando it was like they were long lost lovers or something it was ridiculous <laughs> um so that was very sweet uh and yeah obviously Sebastian getting P2 which as we know now has been taken away um but it was just sorry an awesome and awesome yeah so all your fault though it was just an awesome race and like you say Nobody could have predicted that. We had Hamilton and Bottas, a 1-2 in quali, Max in third. And I think, you know, I thought Lewis will probably win this because he is brilliant at Hungary. Like he's got something ridiculous like eight wins there now or something along those lines. Um, And I thought, yep, Hamilton will go into the summer break having that edge because, of course, both drivers probably wanted to win that race so they could have that on their minds that they'd won the last race and you know f1 is much as about being mentally fit as it is physically fit um and then Esteban Ocon was like haha nope uh I'm gonna win this race thank you very much and I'm gonna ride that wave all the way until we get to spa but oh well, I just love this sport you know
0: <laughs> yeah uh, I definitely agree um and you know just to showcase how mediocre Ocon's season was, you know, the first 10 rounds, he scored 14 points and then he scored 25 in round 11, which is crazy. And I'm about to sneeze. So I might have to put this on mute. No, I'm okay. Um, Good. Right. So that's that one covered off. Uh, Finally, team WTF1 members, Megan underscore F1, A. Hindley and Freebo all said George Russell getting emotional after scoring his first Williams points. That was a very tearful and amazing moment to see you don't see a huge amount of emotion from f1 drivers uh but seeing that was really you know it was you could see the weight being lifted off george russell's shoulders of course you know he's probably put so much pressure on himself after some mistakes not getting his first points becoming this guy that always misses out uh to finally get it even if his teammate literally scores more points than him, which is quite possibly the strange. Just nothing, <laughs> we did not expect that. At the the strangest, yet the most George Russell at Williams. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? That now Nicholas Latifi has a better F1 finish than George Russell overall, even if George has driven a Mercedes as well. So it's just, <laughs> just, wow! You yeah, you can't believe it, can you? Uh, but yeah, it was yes, definitely probably the most heartwarming moment of the season.
2: It was. I think everybody deep down wanted George Russell to get points for Williams, even if you're not necessarily a George George Russell fan or a Williams fan. It's just a lovely story. And um, yeah, him getting emotional in the media pen was just I know we've used the word wholesome, but there have been so many wholesome moments this season um and especially as he came so close obviously you touched upon him with mercedes last year and how that weekend in sakir just unraveled for him and that was like heartbreaking to watch but then like this season in for the styrian grand prix and him having you know getting through to q3 i think was for styria um did you get through to q3 in styria maybe I think
1: yes I think. No. I th- uh, no yeah he did yeah yeah no was it austria
2: you yeah, we must have been did. Austria because he qualified 11th for Styria. Just but say yeah, Red Bull like, Ring.
1: Just say Red Bull Ring. The Red Bull Ring, off, we'll just right?
2: cut that bit out. <laughs> yeah, so the Red yeah, Bull Ring. It was ring, Austria, yeah, because he got
1: through on the mediums because yeah. Yeah, they did it again at Silverstone to me, yeah.
2: But yeah, to have the issue with the car it, when he was running in the points, it just all seemed to be like, this is never going to happen. George Russell is never going to get points for Williams and that's just the universe's decision. Um, so for it to finally happen... As the phrase goes, everyone liked that.
0: And to think that the only reason George Russell scored points is because of the man he's trying to take the seat off of, Valtteri Bottas doing bowling at Turn One. So a conspiracy theorist dream again. It just links. It links up all again, doesn't it? It's amazing. Yeah. Okay, now it's time for us to all pick one favorite moment of the season. Now I'm torn between two. Which is, to be fair, I think the Hungarian Grand Prix as a whole was amazing. Um, the other one so is Leclerc Charles Clare Clare. getting pole. Uh, is is yeah is the pole positions that Leclerc got. Maybe not a Monaco that didn't have as good of a feeling because of the crash. But I think him getting pole at Baku and also the first forty nine yeah, laps the of the ball. British Grand Prix. <laughs> uh, maybe that one as well. Actually, my favourite moment was the uh, was up until lap fifty at the British Grand Prix. Uh, that was also uh, an amazing moment. So I'm not going to pick one because this season's been ridiculous. So I'm just going to throw those three out there and see what happens next up
1: uh mine is i think i mentioned it in the i mentioned it in the last podcast but it's got to be alonso versus hamilton for me um just because obviously there's so much i love about f1 there's the the drama of it and the the characters and everything but ultimately for me it's the wheel-to-wheel racing is why i watch it and in an era with drs um I feel like it's quite rare you get a battle that maybe lasts for three corners now, never mind three, four, five, six laps. I think it was Um, eight or
0: nine in the end, I think. Yeah, yeah,
1: I think it was. Um, But yeah, normally a battle, you you might see an amazing overtake, but that's it, no one ever gets back because they're gone, they've got better tyres, the DRS is gone. So for that battle to last that long, it made it even more special that it was between... Two of the greatest ever, in my opinion, and many people's opinions, I'm sure. um Yeah, just not just favorite moment of this year, favorite moment in a long time, maybe in F1. So yeah, loved it.
0: Yeah, mine kind of encapsulated that in my Hungarian Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, moment. So uh, if I had I, to yeah.
1: pick a race, Hungary as well. The yeah. moment, if, if yeah, if it's a specific it's a moment, race, I agree. Hungary with, with uh, moment, you, and yeah, moment Hamilton.
0: I just remember literally just. I could feel my whole body just going mad, like just seeing that Alonso Hamilton, you know, kind of stand up and be like, oh my God, you like literally screaming. It's, uh, yeah, you, Cause that's what you I know. think it
1: made it, because you knew it was potentially like, this was, not not only was it incredible because of what he was doing, it was also the fact that you knew this was potentially letting Ocon win the race as well. Yeah. Again, you know, you mentioned what I i was like, and I'm sure a lot of people were the same that Lewis Hamilton's won this easy. He's got way better tyres, he's in a much faster car, he's breezed past everyone. And I think that made it even more special that you kind of were like, Oh, I, I'm sure Lewis fans went, but everyone, like all the neutrals, were probably like, Oh, like Hamilton's got this now, he's gonna come through and win, and it's gonna be a bit disappointing because Ocon could win this race and it'd be insane. And then for that to happen and it lasts for so long, just amazing
2: yeah I think my point well one of my highlights like Matt I have a few but um was the racing that we saw between Hamilton and Verstappen at the start of the British Grand Prix up until that moment but um some of that was just absolutely breathtaking and it's just an absolute joy to see two of F1's greats going wheel to wheel up until it went you know bit Pete Tong <laughs> um but the uh we've seen plenty of like really good racing between Hamilton and Verstappen this year which has been brilliant uh, but my favorite moment has to be those final two laps in Baku which is ironic because I didn't want it to happen and it's ended up being my favorite moment of the season um literally since it was announced that we were going to have this two lap sprint race I could not sit down I was pacing around I was right in front of my telly just like yeah, so uh, merged in what was going on. And then for the mistake for Hamilton to make, and then Perez to take the win, and Vettel be close, and the battle we had between Gasly and the clerk, and they kept switching positions, and Alonso fighting his way up. And there was just so much happening in such a small amount of time that I was literally like jumping up and down in my flat, like with such excitement. And for me, that's everything. You should have being a Formula One fan is being so immersed in the championship and the racing. And oh, I just had adrenaline for like days after that little <laughs> thing. You're,
0: you're revisiting it now, Katie. Yeah. Like a kid there at Christmas. That's, uh, that's our favourite momentslash moments. Um, now it's time for <laughs> oh pressing gosh. the button. ABCDEF1.
1: It's Got notes.
0: Right, we'll try and keep this uh short and sweet. Uh, this ABCDEF1. We uh, got you guys to basically vote uh using WTF1.com uh, for your mid-season ABCDEF1 grades. Let's start with Lewis Hamilton. I'm going to go with an A. Yeah, A for me. It's
1: made a few mistakes he's been he's had moments of brilliance and then also moments that weren't very Lewis Hamilton as well so he's not a star for me
2: yeah I think considering the amount of mistakes he's had it would be a lower grade which seems mad but it's the way that he's recovered from those mistakes That is why he is a seven-time world champion um, and why I'm going to stick with my A grade. But, yeah, it's been an odd year because he has made so many uncharacteristic mistakes and had some struggles that we've not seen from him in a very long time, if ever. So I'm interested to see how the second half of the season goes.
0: And the fans gave him an A as well. So A's all around. Uh, Valtteri Bottas, I think, probably... A C, because you have to take and check out some bad luck as well, but I think C kind of matches up with what his performance has been like. He hasn't won a race this season, has he?
1: He has not. And And he's, what, fifth in the title, fourth in the
0: title? He is fourth in the title and 108 points, which is 87 off Lewis. He's
1: scraping a C for me, yeah. Yeah,
2: I think it's going to be a C, but it's a low C, I think.
0: And a C from the fans as well. So we're all in agreement so far. Max Verstappen, a <laughs> star. You have Easy. to think that you know people might go, well, he's not leading the championship. Well, you take into account why he's not leading the championship. He'd probably be fifty points be clear 50 of Lewis, yeah, which is crazy. And an a star from the fans as well, Sergio Perez.
1: Oh, this one's difficult
2: because I feel like
1: this... think he's been better than Bottas but has he been a lot better than Bottas? But then he's come into a car that no one has been able to drive before him. I think
0: new team we have, oh well, from my yeah. perspective, I'm giving him a B uh, because he has had some good performances and the expectation of him in a Red Bull compared to Bottas and a Mercedes that he's been in, in year, for years, mm. I think Perez gets a B.
2: Yeah, I'm in agreement as well. Scraping a B as well. And
0: the fans gave him a B. Lovely. We're all in agreement so far. (laughs) This is incredible. Lando Norris, A star. Moving on. Mm -hmm. Easy. Easy peasy. And the fans gave him an A star. Wow. Look at this. We are going crazy. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo Mm. It's the easiest C I think I've ever given in my life. Not not the grade lower that I've said before, which has caused all kinds of um, innuendos. But yeah. Yeah. I think C I was going to say
1: I, I was going to say D, but I've actually looked at his results and results wise, doesn't look as bad as I kind of feel like it has been.
0: I don't think he's driven worse than Bottas, and yeah, he's fair. in a new that's team fair. as well. Yeah, so yeah, new team. I think yeah. C's fair.
2: Yeah, I think yep. C. And
0: the fans gave him a C as well. Unbelievable scenes. Uh, Charles Leclerc. Uh he is seventh in the standings, three points behind Carlos Sainz currently. Uh, but I think Oh F. Uh, <laughs> he's like two, two pole <laughs> positions, but crashed out of Monaco. And but he has been very impressive. Of course, nearly one at Silverstone. I think it's gonna have to be an A.
1: Yeah, I've got an A as well.
0: Katie's gonna say a B. I'm gonna say a B. Oh. We're in disagreement.
2: Yeah. Do you want me to go on to why or do you want me to yeah, just uh, well,
0: if you a value Well, if you value your life, you'll keep it short. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think, yes, he's had a good car this year. But if you look at how Carlos Sainz is getting on against Leclerc, who they all praise to be Ferrari's golden boy. Yes, Sainz has made mistakes, but not as many as Leclerc. Sainz is leading in the Drivers' Championship. And although, obviously, it wasn't intentional, Leclerc's crash at Monaco cost him a potential win. Um, so I'm giving
0: him a B. Okay, I respect your opinion. Moving on, <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's
2: something I'll take that.
0: Um, the fans gave Leclerc an A. So moving on to Carlos Signs, I think that's an easy A. I yeah, definitely. That's, uh, a very yeah. good, very good performance from from Signs. Very good. It's almost, just... it's almost reaching towards a star, but maybe hasn't quite had those standout performances that say yeah. Lando's had.
1: And he had a couple of. T- Tough races where, yeah, yeah, I think an A. Oh,
2: Strong a, a, a for Carlos. <laughs>
0: uh, we don't give out high A's here, uh, but an A was from the fans as well. Uh, Sebastian Vettel. He's had some great, some terrible. So let's give him a B. Yeah.
2: It's good. I thought this being great, I, and bads have been bad, though. So, but yeah. B.
1: This has been easier than I thought it would be to grade, to be honest. I know. <laughs> I thought it was going to be really difficult, but um, yeah, so far. Yeah, happy with that.
0: And yeah. uh, you you saying a B as well, Katie? Yep. Yeah.
1: So, yes. and uh, the fans gave
0: Vettel a B as well. So, wow, we've been in agreement, me and you, Tommy, at least, for the, all the fans. Katie, just just one off. The um, Hunt Stroll. C? C, yeah.
1: I'm
2: fairly average, really.
0: Nothing exceptional.
1: It's not done anything... Exceptional this year, as far as far as I can remember. Because normally, when when it's the crazy races, they're they're the ones that Lance Stroll just randomly is in P three out, and you're like, "What? Okay, cool." Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah.
2: That's very true, actually.
1: But he's not. He's been quite anonymous this year, in my opinion. Yeah, he's not had not had. uh... I had to look at his results to remember. Yeah, I'm literally looking it up now.
0: He's had a tenth, an eighth, an eighth, eighth, a a... tenth, an eighth, and an eighth. So he's not finished any higher than eighth this year, which is.
2: I think he could have had a good result had he not had the tie blowout in Baku. I know he was running, I think, sort of P, oh, you know, yeah, P9 then. Oh, yeah, that's a good then. point. Yeah, but, but... still, like... I yeah. think he
0: was still r- relatively behind Vettel, so I don't they think it would have been... They were both going
1: for a weird strategy. Yeah, they the were same. going very
0: long into the race, but, um, yeah, maybe he could have you know, salvaged a sixth or a seventh, but still, nothing, nothing of interest. Uh, so, yeah, C for Stroll and C from the fans as well. Uh, Pierre Gasly...
1: A. I think he's a been
2: a? unlucky. A. He's literally a unlucky. hardly made any mistakes apart from the first race in Bahrain where he lost his front wing. But apart from that, his qualifying has been sublime. Mm. Uh, like Tommy says, every time we do WT, uh, WTF1, A, B, C, D, E, F1, it's so difficult to grade because he's against a rookie, a
1: rookie yeah, who
2: is yeah, isn't consistent at all. Yeah. <laughs> so it's quite difficult. And um, he's been yeah, like top
1: six, has six hasn't he? Every, yeah. I think... Is it like eight out of 11 he's been top six in quality <laughs> in a car that's like not top six? Well,
0: of? we don't know that again, because we've just said we can't compare it with mm. uh, teammates. But then again, he has been previously and you'd say that he's probably an experienced driver that we can compare against. But I think, yeah, Gasly's still still been great. So uh, A. Yep. yep. Yeah. And A from the fans as well. Uh Yuki Sonoda, I'm sure we'll probably disagree with this one because Tommy's a big old fanboy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wow. I think I almost want to give him oh God, no. Let me think about how I'm gonna word this. Yeah, I would like to grade <laughs> grade him a D. I think, I think he's been harsh. poor. I think he's been poor.
1: I think he's been poor, but he is a rookie against a very good driver. Like he's been as good. Against Gasly, as much as someone like Ricardo has been good against Lando, and Ricardo's had 10 years in F1.
2: Yeah, but Ricardo's not binning it into a wall every qualifying.
1: But he's also. Not. Yeah, yeah. I'm just taking into account. I know he's account...
2: being rookie and getting used to the car yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But the amount of times that he's you know push oh too i'm not hard. saying
1: it's anything higher than
0: a c uh, oh i know i know you I are mean. uh, <laughs> i mean if you look at his results i'd say a c but the amount of times he's been in that car and cost alpha towery potential development into the future as well it's there, there's been a rookie there's been off the pace but you can't be off the pace and crashing and i think that's a combination that uh, warrants a d in my opinion so uh i'm gonna lock that in no more explanation from me you two can uh, decide amongst yourselves I'm going to see. I oh, know he is. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Katie?
2: I've written C slash D, but I'm going to go for a D.
0: Okay. Well, Tommy's now never coming back on the podcast again. That's it. Uh, the fans gave him a C. There you go. Uh, Fernando Alonso. I mean, to be fair, I'm going to give him an A, but I don't think it was, was an A uh, until probably a few races ago. Uh, so, He's kind of turned it around, shown he's got the racecraft. I still don't think he's got the pace that he used to. Obviously, he's an older man these days, but he still very much knows how to, to race. And I think he's been relatively impressive.
1: I think he's been very impressive since Azerbaijan. If I look at his results from since Azerbaijan, especially when Ocon's dropped off other than that win. Yeah, I think it's an A, an A for me. And I think... Um, oh, well, I'm very excited to see what Alonso can do for the last half of the season and next year now.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think it's going to be an A. I think we're skeptical at the start, as we all know, but he has <laughs> turned it around. Well done, Fernando. <laughs> yeah, he's had
0: six <laughs> points finishes in a row. Uh, so that's uh, pretty good, considering the Alpine looked very much off the pace at the, uh, the start of the year. Um, so yeah, A for Alonso and he gets an A from the fans. Ocon, now he's a race winner, and yet I am only going to give him a B. <laughs>
1: yeah. this is really difficult. It's a one low to B for me. I'd almost, I'd almost be inclined for a C even though he won a race, but that tips it over to a B. <sighs> okay.
2: Wow. Careful. Okay.
0: If you went into the C category, I think things would start.
2: You know, Sven Ocon is going to send you hate mail. <laughs>
0: there would be, there would be some spears outside your house. Okay, so uh, Katie, are you a B as well?
2: I I think I'm going to have to be a B, despite the fact... Like, if you took out the fact that he'd won in Hungary, because a lot of that was because half of the field was wiped out. But yes, he went through a rough patch from Azerbaijan to Austria. But before that, he was... You know, just as promising as Fernando Alonso was in these last few races. They've sort of like done the switcheroo. Um so yeah, I think they made the changes to the car, and you know, he did pretty well in Silverstone and obviously in Hungary. So maybe he just was going through a tough time. <laughs> But yeah, I think maybe
0: maybe a B. <laughs> maybe he had this going on. We don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: Who knows anything? Not me. Yeah,
0: so B for Ocon and B from the fans as well. Right, should we collectively put Raikkonen and Giovinazzi in with a C? Because we've seen yeah. about three laps of racing the entirety and of... And they've
1: just been bang average, both of them.
0: Yeah, very average. Um, and definitely going to be Raikkonen's last year, I think. Uh, okay, George Russell. Yeah,
2: A. He's out driving that car and done it consistently. So, A. Uh, a,
1: yeah. Yeah, happy with that? Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, Nicholas Latifi. Now, this man was probably also going to be collectively put into the Bryker and Jovanazzi group until he just randomly finished P. Well, what would it be in the Seven. end? Seven. Seven, P7. So. I'm
1: gonna let one result swing you again.
0: Oh, all right. I, I, felt, I felt that. I felt that tone. I felt that tone, felt that tone no, no, to just me. Thinking, Is
1: that a threat? It's, it's weird because Hungary is one of those races where it was uh, yeah. so random.
0: No, he still gets a C from a bit, it. Yeah. He still gets a C because he's been poor the entire year.
1: He's not got into Q2 once when George Russell's got into Q... Has he got into Q2 once before I say that and everyone cancels Yeah, uh, He had
0: been in poor Ricard. <laughs> I was at poor Ricard. I think because that's when Mick Schumacher crashed and then...
1: But the fact that Russell got in pretty think, much every single race apart from one and then also Q3 twice.
0: Yeah, I think it's still a C because as you say, yeah. it. Uh, I mean, Latifi was miles ahead at Hungary as well uh, of George Russell and finished about a second ahead of him. So, Yeah, I've gone
2: for a C as well for Latifi.
0: If he'd won the race, I'm giving him a B, but he didn't. So, <laughs> like cock on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think C for Latifi. Is that agreed? Okay, Latifi got a B from the fans. So the fans now hate us.
2: Canadian. Um,
0: the key to
1: Mazepin. <laughs> what did the fans get by one
0: I won't spoil that, obviously, incredibly uh, unexpected result. Um, he's dialed it in somewhat after his. Very hectic first half of the seat. Well, first half half of the season. If you're, I mean, like the first sort of five six races. The car is an absolute dog, <laughs> like horrific. Like watching it go around at Silverstone, we genuinely thought it was an F two car. Yeah, it's it <laughs> so generous. bad.
2: Isn't
0: it? <laughs> I think if I'm giving Sonoda a D, I'm also giving Mazepin a D. Wow. Um... but. I think Sonoda gets a high D. Maserpin gets a low D. We don't do
2: high D's. I'm
0: just I'm just explaining because Tommy's very uh, very mm. sad. Um, yeah. in a much better car as well. Can we can we also yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's not a donkey.
1: No, no. I know. I'm giving him <laughs> I'm giving him an a high E. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> just because just
1: because of how far off Mick Schumacher was, and he's also crashed a lot. And so is Mick Schumacher, which we're going to next. But um, yeah.
2: I am giving both Haas drivers the
1: same grade.
2: The same grade, which I know (laughs) (laughs) it's going to be controversial. I know know it's going to be controversial, but yes, Schumacher is quicker in that Haas than Mazepin. That's evident. However, schumacher has made several mistakes this year that have cost the team a fortune mazapin doing his little spin yes it's probably going to damage the floor and that kind of stuff but it's not writing off your car for qualifying i know you go oh Mick schumacher's hardly going to qualify and get into q3 and all this kind of stuff but you still can't be smashing your car up like he did in monaco and didn't hungry and had a crash in was it france that prevented him from when he got into Q2. Yeah, it was, was France, yeah. 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 And I just think that, yeah, that's my grade. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> that's my grade. Fair <laughs> enough.
1: <laughs> I can't it's... give, I can't get, I personally was, yeah, kind of similar. I feel like she. I know he's in a dog of a car, but Schumacher and Sonoda, like, quite similar in, in terms of every rookie this year has binned it a lot, which is why I'd give. Schumacher, the same grade I would Sonoda, But then the reason I'm giving Mazapin an E, yes, he's picked up his pace in the last two races, but that's two races out. Like I've got to grade the start of the season as 11 races, not, I love not this. the last I lo- two. I love
0: how serious Tommy's has got on, uh, on this Mazepin uh, race yeah.
1: he's, he's like sat, he's sat back, 20. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's like, he's he's like, like listen, like, listen here, guys. All right. He's <laughs> been I've like got, a minute behind. He's been a minute <laughs> behind his teammate on what like four five six seven races this year yes i think by the end of the season if he, he carries on the way he's doing now that will be upgraded to a d or a c well, he gave in. him a high e impressive. so you know he's not yeah, far off that, it's not a low off, d that i'm giving, but... but we're not doing highs and lows <laughs> exactly Apparently, when you're far off. <laughs> and you've crashed
0: a lot so yeah well i'm giving mazapin a d and schumacher a c oh same and
1: schumacher crashed in
2: emily <laughs> i just remembered yeah, right she crashed a wing. lot
0: as well, and I've just seen Sonoda crashes, and I'm giving yeah, that's everybody. why I was that's why that's I was very problem. curious. But about this. I feel like Can't I'm like giving more, I'm giving know? more forgiveness <laughs> because it's a Hass they're <laughs> crashing in rather than an Alpha Tauri. And the bit Hass bit has is a lot slower; <laughs> it's a lot harder to crash. How oh, have you driven it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you
2: get a little expert.
0: Okay, there you go. So I'm sure we've caused all kinds <laughs> of uproar. That's <laughs> the most we've ever spoken.
2: So for the Mazepin?
0: well, I gave Mazepin a D, and she made for
2: Okay, And then
0: C yeah. And you did a D <laughs> What, what you did brain, you do though? Tommy? A C <laughs> a Same C. as you C, C, D Okay cool Right there you go So that's the most we've ever spoken about the hash drivers ever by the way So there you go So the, okay. the fans what? gave Mazepin an F Shock Really? <laughs> and no. the, the fans gave Mick Schumacher a C So there you go Right, that's it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's go.
0: That's, that's, that was that was wearing. Uh, We're we'll doing but, a Hass
1: special podcast next week, um,
0: <laughs> just to talk about their grades for the uh, first half of the season. Uh, Tommy, final thoughts. Uh, I, I always love you. the delay. I love the two seconds of. Oh, for God's sake! I forgot yeah, about this part of the show. I Every do generally
1: forget, and normally you go to Katie first, and that gives me a little yeah. bit of time. Yeah, well, throwing you're, it, you're throwing
0: smart. it around, you know.
1: Uh, paid Matt off. Bring yeah. back F one because I can't wait for the rest of the season. If it's half as good as the start, it's going to be a banger. You, I Tommy. hope It's not half as good. I hope it's better.
0: <laughs> if it's better than we are. We are very. It's, the, it's very lucky. Good, yeah. Uh, Katie,
2: uh, if this season continues with the momentum and the craziness that we've seen so far, this could be the best season of F one ever. There, a girl said it.
0: Wow. Boom. Mic drop. Boom. Goodbye. Uh, and my final thought is, Landon Norris win second half of the season. It's going to happen. Yeah, going Alonso's to gonna happen. And Alonso's going to win. Yeah, and Mick Schumacher's going to win. And Yuki is going to win. And I'm going to upgrade him to a higher, higher D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe even the sea anyway there you go thank you everybody for watching and listening to this wtf1 podcast uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to discuss the first half of the season with both of you wonderful people tommy and katie uh if you want to get involved with the conversation hashtag wtf1 podcast if you want to be involved with team wtf1 as well please do check out the links in the description we've got lots of exciting things coming up as well uh, and of course you can get a little sort of fast-track route into some questions into this podcast as well which is always nice as well as live podcasts and so much more thank you so much to everybody uh, for this wonderful little podcast we'll be back next week for something whatever that will be who knows
1: George, see you then
0: no, <laughs> bye, bye.